Welcome once again to Houndstooth Heroes, We Kill Them Dead edition. If you're new to the program, you can find us on the website at houndstoothheroes.com or on Facebook, or you can locate us on Twitter at htoothheroes. My name is Greg Dawkins, and I am joined once again by my friend and co-host, Ellis Metz. How are you doing, Metz? Doing all right, Gregory. Good to be here. And of course, we would not be here, or if we were, it wouldn't be nearly as flavorful, uh, without our good friends at Wild Bill's Wing Sauce. Uh, if you follow our Twitter account, again, at H2Heroes, uh, I used Wild Bill's wonderful sauce in a Bloody Mary that took it to a whole nother level. Really good stuff. Look for it at wildbillsauce.com and everywhere Bama Wise products are found. That's right. And also, big thank you, as always, to Druid City Brewing in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for always keeping us in the tastiest of suds when we get that way. And we are pleased, as always, not just to be sponsored by Druid City Brewing, but tonight we have, in fact, the owner of Druid City Brewing on the line. Welcome, Bo Hicks. How are you, Bo? Man, I'm doing pretty good, guys. I really appreciate y'all asking me to be on. That's really, uh, really pretty rad. Well, we're thrilled, man. We're thrilled to have you. Uh, tell us, I mean, I, I guess the reason we got you on is, you know, we got it's the first home game. There's a whole lot of people coming into town. Uh, you first, I mean, you're obviously a brewery. You're going to have some beers. Tell us what you got that's new, or what can the people look forward to? Uh, well, you know, we've uh, got our Lamplighter IPA, which is going to be really fresh this weekend, and we've sort of changed the dry hopping schedule, and it's a, a little more fruity and robust. I mean, uh, towards later on in the football season, we're looking forward to having some Pilsner and a little Session IPA, but right now we're going to have our you know, our IPA and our North Porter, which won Best Beer in the State up in Florence uh, not too long ago. I, I will give the caveat that I would have one of those and then downgrade <laughs> swiftly. But it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. A 9% Imperial Porter is probably not the uh, the pro move for a 230 game. But, you know, we're going to have lots of, uh, lots of good beer, and I'll be around. My business partner, Elliot, uh, will be around, and, you know, we'll talk beer with you. We'll drink beer with you. That's our commitment to excellence. Not only will we help you find the beer that's right for you, we will drink that beer with you. Just doing your part, aren't you? Well, yeah, it's not easy being hardcore, but was everybody would do it. Exactly. Uh, like I said, a lot of people coming in town for the weekend. Uh, what you got? Anything special going on at the brewery? Anything we could look forward to? Yeah, we're going to uh, be firing up the smoker. Uh, me and my buddy Jacob will be running that uh, once uh, I get there early in the morning after being another state away. But that's a story for another day. So there's going to be some free barbecue. And we've got a really kick-ass string band called the Rock Bottom String Band that come highly recommended to us from the Whiskey Shivers, which have really brought the heat when they've been touring around. So we're really looking forward to uh, celebrating a victory and uh, listening to some string music and raising a little hell. Uh, that's generally how it works. As long as I could stay up, I'm getting a little long in the tooth. But I think I'll be able to fight through for a home game. All right, fair enough. And then finally, uh, you know, something the best kept secret in Tuscaloosa on game day is parking at Druid City Brewing. If you want to tell the folks about how to do that and what the procedure is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little daunting at first that people don't know. Uh, the Boy Scouts patrol the parking lot where Druid City is. We're in the Parkview Shopping Center right across from Central High School next to the bakery. You can see the south end zone from the brewery. But what you do is you come through and you tell the Boy Scouts, hey, I'm going to Druid City. 
and you can park there and we sort of make an homage to the Boy Scouts because we want them to, you know, I know that's a big fundraiser for their troop, helps them go on trips and everything. So to sort of compensate them for people coming to the brewery all day during football games, we give them a dollar from every pint that we sell. So we're sort of trying to give back, but also giving people that want to come support local businesses in Tuscaloosa, especially little reverent ones that poke fun at not only ourselves, but also our other SEC foes, which is often fun to do. Uh, you know, somewhere where they can come hang out, chill, listen to some records, drink some beer, and uh, have a good time. So just tell the Boy Scouts if you're going to be parking there to come through, and you might just run into me or you, Greg. I don't know about you, Ellis. Maybe. Well, One day. down there nearly enough, but it is important to point out, Druid City Brewing, it's for the kids. And speaking it's for of the kids. kids, I hear there's a little uh, video game showdown happening this week. There is, you know, I was, uh, I made a challenge this morning on Twitter to, uh, our beloved mayor, Mayor Walt Maddox, and, uh, he, uh, he took me up on it. I believe his response on Twitter was, it's on, which I admire as Moxie for such a bold statement because, I mean, let's face it, I'm old and married and one of my only connections with the young people at the brewery is soul crushing them in Mario Kart. So I'm going to look forward to taking once again, our beloved mayor, to the woodshed and just beating him naked and stealing his clothes. I mean, he's an awesome dude, and I thought it was really cool that he wanted to do that. So it's one of the things we try to do to have fun is, you know, do little video games. I mean, all we do is listen to old records. We let people that come out pick a record, and then we got all these old video games that you can sit around and remember before you were old, chubby, and lame like I am now. Uh, we all used to be somebody, guys. It's important to remember those people on game day, the people that we used to be. I, I think those are the true heroes in Hell. <laughs> yes, the people we used to be That's are the real heroes of today's story. That's right. Well, Bo, thank you for coming on. Uh, good luck this season, and I hope to get down there well, and see you soon. Well, man, uh, we'll leave the light on for you, like Tom Bodet says, and... Uh, uh, anybody that comes in, um, we really love to just sit around and bullshit. So come in and bullshit with us, and I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Bo. Roll bad. Speaking of, uh, tell me, speaking of cold libations, in fact, what are you drinking, Ellis Mats? So I uh, resisted my more basic urges, and even oh. though it's like 90 degrees here in Nashburg, I could not fight off the fall beer phenomenon. So I sort of uh, compromised with the Sam Adams Oktoberfest, which is really hitting the spot tonight. How you're just you? embracing. You're just embracing the basic, aren't you? I have to. You're just embracing the basic. Well, I love that about you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are fresh off a game, you know. So I guess we ought to talk about it. We we did, but you didn't tell me what you're drinking. Oh me? Uh, well, because I'm fat. And I'm trying to do something about it without actually having to give up alcohol because that would be ridiculous. Um, I'm, I'm once again on the ice pick, the unsweetened tea and vodka train. For the record, I think you're perfectly shaped just the way you are, Greg. Well, you know, uh, well, thank you. But, you know, Rotan is not working for me at this point and nothing fits. So I'm, uh, you know, trying to do something about it. So we'll see how that goes. But as again, I'll be in Tuscaloosa this weekend at Druid City. So I'm confident that um, whatever efforts I've made will go to the, along the wayside. So mm -hmm. have that going for me. I have that going for me. 
Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> Enough about that. Should we talk about the game? I guess. Let's do it. It was a whooping. Uh, if you missed it or just want to hear it again, your tide beat up on the USC Trojans 52-6. to uh, Really, well, I would say it's a solid effort, but I think we're going to have some differing opinions here on this here program. We are. Uh, but I'm going to kick us off. I've got my three takeaways, so I'll present those. Gregory, you can rebut. Drum roll, please. Yeah, we'll go from there. My number one takeaway is the defense. No real surprise there. Uh, all off season, we had heard and heard that it would be Saban's best defense. So my expectations, I felt like, uh, were pretty high and probably accurate, and they were exceeded almost immediately. Just an awesome display of speed and power and sort of angriness. Uh, I had this wonderful halftime epiphany realization. There were like lights, and I think I heard Coach Bryant's voice coming down. It was pretty special, where it was like, oh, we've scored 17 points. That's more than enough. That's that's all we need. (laughs) Yeah, so that, I hope, continues all season. Uh, Some specific notable performances. Our boy, Jonathan Allen, uh, collected two sacks and is now one-fourteenth of the way to his goal of 28. Have you been following that? I have. He has He has set himself a goal of breaking the university's record on sacks. And uh, i got to say, uh, I've seen Derek Thomas in action. So, uh, hey, more power to you if you can be a Derek Thomas man. Yeah, I mean, that's almost like the Cal Ripken Iron Man record. It's one that a lot of people just think may not be broken uh, at least anytime soon. Are you at all sort of uneasy about him setting that in his sights? Hell no. Go for it, man. Okay. I like it. I agree with that. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Go for it. Roll Tide. Uh-huh. Uh, next on the defense, our boy Tim Williams, who I've just got to say has the most beautiful stock photo I think I've ever seen. It looks like GQ decided to recreate some rap music video shoot and, and he's got his dreads flying, and he's smiling, and he's gleaming. It's it's an awesome picture. I haven't seen that. You need to post that on oh, the... Oh, man, yeah, we'll look it up. It was it was shown a couple times on the screen. Really a sight to behold. Uh, and speaking of sights to behold, Daphne's own Ryan Anderson, hashtag 251. It's a boss. That's right. Uh, he finished the day with five tackles in a sec. Dude was all over the field. Uh, I just felt like even when he didn't get a quarterback hurry... In the stat sheet, he was noticed, I will say, by the opposing quarterback, which was awesome. And then one final shout-out for the performance of one Keith Holcomb. He is the Crimson Tide baseball team's right fielder, I want to say. Yeah, I think so. And one of their leading hitters, uh, turned linebacker, who came in to the action a little late but finished the day with five tackles, one for a loss, and one uh, pass breakup, so a solid performance. Well, it was solid, but na- naturally I'm going to be a negative Nancy. And uh, do I mean, is it like a rule that in every Alabama game against somebody significant, there has to be a long pass that's completed in the beginning of the game? Because invariably it happens, and this time it was Averett, who once again, I mean, he is the weak link in the defense, and once again got burned. Yeah, that... I think was definitely a sign of things to come. I suspect he will be targeted early and often all season. 
yeah, we're going to get to that later about how he's going to be targeted this week. But, I mean, look, I, I agree with you completely. The defense was one of the better – that was one of the better defensive showings I've seen in a long time. But, again, there's always a weakness, and there's a weakness in every team. But there's no point in not pointing it out. And that one particular individual uh, is significantly a – a weakness on our, our in our DBs. So anyway, yeah, what's your second takeaway, Val? Oh, you're, we're getting choppy there. I will jump in and say that upon watching the replay, that first long pass you referenced, uh, while I'll give the hated T. Martin just a tiny bit of credit mm-hmm. for the play call, uh, really, Averett didn't play horribly. The receiver made a really good play on it. It was a perfect pass. So what are you going to do? Takeaway yeah, number two. For all the fear that we talked about, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, he was held to, was it two receptions? I believe, I don't, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I believe it was two receptions for all of, I think, nine yards. So, you know, like I said, it, it, it's a negative. It's something to think about. And it, and it just feels like a trend, not that necessarily it's a horrible performance by anybody on, on, in, the def- in the defensive backfield because they did a good job all night. But... It just does seem like, in every game, the first pass out of the gate is always complete. There are few guarantees in this life, but I would say one is a long, deep ball against the Alabama defense, and two is a end-around run by the Alabama offense. Exactly. All right, anyway. All right. Uh, takeaway number two, then. One that's sort of stuck in my craw, and now that I've sort of had some time to separate myself, maybe was a bit of an overreaction, but the sideline altercation, we'll call it. Okay. Um, It was between Ronnie Harrison, sophomore, I want to say Ronnie Harrison. I think so, yeah. And Deontay Thompson uh, slash Eddie Jackson. Reuben Foster had to step in to make sure cooler heads prevailed, which, LOL. Uh, Right. Reuben Foster, not always known for having the coolest head, but... Uh, he did show some some solid leadership there, and props to him for that. There were some conflicting reports coming out of the game about what happened, but Saban addressed this, and I want to say his Tuesday press conference, uh, and said that some players on the defense, including Eddie Jackson, got on to Ronnie for sort of partaking in the trash talk that USC was giving, which if you watched, that was, I think, really apparent. Um, some of their receivers were getting chippy right away, and Ronnie was not backing down. And uh, Ronnie also did not take kindly to being told uh, that that's not really how we play the game. Uh, not a great look for us overall, but I think Saban had an awesome quote in the press conference that is gives some insight to his coaching style and hopefully uh, resonates with the team where he said, you know, sometimes that happens, the players getting onto the other player, and that's a time where someone should say thank you not screw you. <laughs> I guarantee you he didn't use the word screw. <laughs> well, um, it was a press conference. Yeah, yeah. Well, I look, hey man, I'm I'm all for it. Um I think that it shows leadership um which we have heard, you know, rumors that there hasn't been a whole lot of leadership on this team after a lot of people, you know, took to the NFL that Somebody, people are being accountable for one another, and I think that is, um, I think that's a strong sign for the future. Um, he apparently, Ronnie on his Twitter account tweeted that we're competitors, you know, so you know, and heads clash. 
So, you know, and, and it, it's good, I think, that the players that have been here for a while are taking account of, are, are, are being accountable for the new kids and not the new kids on the block, but the new kids, um, and making them understand how we play the game. You know, we don't go around stomping people on the crotch. Uh, so you need to play the game like we play the game because we have not been afraid to show somebody the door before who didn't want to do it our way. So I'm for it, man. That is very true. And yeah, I, I've like I said, now that I've had some time to uh, focus on it from a distance, I, I agree with you, I think. But again, not a great look. Better look than stomping on a crotch. Right, exactly. But so. what does look good? Your third take. My third take here. The best looking part of the game, in my mind, the Cochrane cam. Yeah. I don't know if that was, I, and I, I was, I've got to admit, I was in a place where I couldn't hear a lot of what was being said, so I don't know if this was some sort of intentional thing that they're going to start doing or just a, a great idea by the cameraman, but <laughs> leaving a camera on strength and conditioning coach Scott Cochran for at least the uh, early part of the fourth quarter was one of the best things to ever happen. Uh, all true, all true. I cannot, I cannot disagree with that in the least. So um, if I'm going to have three takeaways, um, two are negative, one is funny. Um, the first is, I guess, concern about the offense. Um, our supposed playmakers in offense did not did not make big did not make did not do what I expected them to do. Yeah. Damian Harris had 138 yards rushing, but over half of that was on one 73-yard run. So that leaves you with you know 60 yards rushing out of him. Bo Scarborough, who's a giant human individual, had 11 carries for 36 yards. Uh, Calvin Ridley, supposedly going to be a playmaker, two receptions for nine yards. Uh, so your thoughts on all that? I, I think you're dead on. I mean, there were no sustained drives, which I know upsets you. Correct. Yeah. Um, uh, you can't just big play your way to 12 games. Right, Exactly. Uh, and, and even beyond that, I mean, my breakout player of the year was going to be Robert Foster. He was noticeably absent. Uh, O.J. Howard, I think, had two catches, maybe, maybe one. Uh, that said, it wasn't all dark and gloom. We got one touchdown from Dita. Dita. That that was a beautiful <laughs> play. We could probably. It really was. It yeah. really was uh, from the dreamboat Blake Barnett. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss that name here shortly. Uh -huh. But love that. Okay. And then our Darius, hashtag yeah. Star Darius Stewart, oh. uh, finished the day four catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. I think you're right. If you've checked out the latest post on HoundstoothHeroes.com by the Professor Ben Livin, Litvin, excuse me. If you haven't checked it out, you should. Uh, he points out that Ardarius's long touchdown uh, was just a total collapse, I guess, by the USC defense. They pushed the guy out of bounds and pretended like that was all you had to do on a play. Uh, so maybe he's a new playmaker. And then I also think uh, there, there could be another playmaker under center, which I'll hold on to that thought for a little bit longer. All right. So, but, but wait, Star Darius is something we're doing? I think so. How do we feel about that? Hashtag Star Darius? I I think that we're going to do that. I think okay. I think I can make that work. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, everybody needs a nickname, and, you know, he's got one now, apparently. Uh, my second takeaway is Lane Kiffin, man, just trolling the hell out of USC. I uh, know, right? All right, you know, little background. His last game at USC, they left him on the tarmac. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't even get to fly home with the team. 
So at 3.15 in the morning, he is taking a picture of himself uh, with the game ball and his son about to fly home with the team. I mean, so not only did he run up the score, he's trolling the outcome. I, I you know, if you don't follow Lane on Twitter, I don't know why you don't, uh, because it is every bit the most stream of consciousness, bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. But this was a work. This was a genius stroke on his on his part. It really was wonderful. I've got to there was so there's a little bit of correction there. Mm -hmm. He posted the picture at one o'clock in the afternoon, but said oh. post game with the game ball hashtag three fourteen a.m. LAX, which is the time and place yeah. where uh, the classy folks. Uh, Pat Hayden, I guess in particular, uh, cut him loose there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full exactly. ears. And it was, yeah, it made me, it made me a giggle all over. Mm -hmm. uh, the final thing is once again a concern. Um, the, I, I, look, I, I, I looked at this box score all day and looking, getting ready, not all day, but getting ready for this thing. I looked at this box score. The score itself indicates a blowout, and it was by the score. But when you rewatch the game and look at the box score, it was kind of a non-blowout blowout in that, and this was, we talked about the, about offense, but it was a game built on big plays, both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, Marlon Humphrey with the, with the pick six. It was, it, was, it was a lot of smoke and mirrors, it felt like to me, and not, as I said, not a lot of sustained drives, um, you know, not a lot of running back play, not a lot of, you know, Calvin Ridley it was just, it was just, you know, play, play, play. Holy shit, we scored. I don't know how that happened. It was just a long play and or something freakish. Uh, it's odd to have that happen for seven touchdowns, but here we are. Um, so I'm not complaining about it. It, like I said, it, it does feel, it felt a little weird. Now, having said all that, I do feel substantially better. I don't, I, don't, I don't usually talk about other teams on this podcast, but when I looked at us, big plays and not, but when I looked at us compared to LSU, Tennessee, Ole Miss, well, Ole Miss in the second half, I don't, Ole Miss in the first half would have beaten anybody in the world, but those three teams were who we have to worry about in terms of the good teams and the away games. Look, if we play like this, and they play like that, I'm feeling a whole lot better about our chances as the year goes by. I agree with that, and I think it's really important to remember that this was week one. Uh, uh, it, for our listener, listener Fred, howdy. Hey, Fred. Uh, last week I said that I expected it this past game to just be a super ugly showing. I didn't think we would have any rhythm on offense. I didn't think we would have any identity. Uh, I just thought it would be hard to watch. And in some ways, that was the case. Obviously, uh, the first quarter wasn't ideal. But quarters two through four, I think, really... I, I actually felt like we almost picked up where we were against Michigan State. The biggest def difference between now and then uh, is establishing a running game. If you, I mean, the big plays, if you think back, we were still getting, like, the Georgia game. Uh, we got... Special teams big plays. We had some defensive big plays. Same with a few other games I can think of last season. I think this defense is certainly built around making those big plays, making the other team's offense pay for some mistakes. Uh, the only difference was that we could then pound the rock with Derrick Henry 
and occasionally drop back and hit Calvin Ridley 50 yards down the field. Right. Uh, I think we're on our way there. I, I think, again, we had some big plays on offense, and we didn't even utilize the guys who can do that best. Uh, but it's all going to come back to being able to establish that running game. Well, that's the thing. is I don't have a problem with big plays. Don't get me wrong. But you I sound like you're anti-big play. No, I'm pro-big play. Um, my problem is we have a – whoever it is, uh, we have a brand-new quarterback. And Jake Coker, as the year rolled on, was capable of executing the big play. Now, in game one, obviously he was not. Um, so, you know – and we have all this on the horizon. If we're going to have to rely on the big play, I'm not sure a third-game starting quarterback can execute that. Now, later on in the year, when we're at, you know, when we're in Starkville, okay, fine. Yeah, we can do it. But right now, I don't want to have to lean on the big play as the, you know, as the linchpin of our offense. Agreed. Agreed. But it's... Interesting to note how different we sort of left that game Saturday, uh, which brings me to a new sort of thing I want to try out this season, in which we rate the game with an emoji. So Gregory, I'm looking to you to say, if you were texting someone one emoji to sum up your feelings about last Saturday's game, what you got? All right, if I texted someone with this emoji, no one would know what I'm talking about. It would be very confusing. But the my emoji is the train, mm. and, and here's why: the train gets you where you want to go, mm-hmm. but it may not always be that comfortable. And you're with all those strangers, and it's sort of gross, and everybody smells. But nevertheless, you got where you needed to be. More what of a Marta you? experience, really. Exactly, exactly. It's it's like riding a nasty subway. You get where you need to be, but. You sort of, you sort of, you sort of feel gross after it. What about you? That was poetic, Greg. I appreciate oh, that. You know, English major, brother. That's right. I, I'm sort of. I hate to be this way. Don't want to be this way. But I'm a little bit on cloud nine. So if I'm going with one emoji uh, to sum up this game, I'm using the straight up hard eyes emoji. I just think there's a lot of potential with the team. Uh, you know, again, a, a ton of improvement. One of my biggest hard eye emojis would be uh, sent to the Nick Saban immediate post game interview where he talked about how disappointed he was in the play. Uh, but overall, I thought there was a lot to be uh, really psyched about. And in the infamous wards of Borat Sagdiev, I am very excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did love the post game press conference where he said, you know, if only we could get some players who knew how to make plays. <laughs> Maybe then we can make something of ourselves, Nick. I feel you, man. Swoon. (laughs) Exactly. All right, let's pivot real quick and take uh, care of one of your other uh, fantastic features on on this podcast. And let's take a look at what did Stingray do this week. Man, the features keep coming. Uh, It was an active week for Stingray. They are always active weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, of course, called him out after a, uh, a specific game that happened to him and his beloved Moo Yu Cows. Uh-huh. But uh, he responded with one of his sort of classic Stingray videos, and it started out with him in a, uh, in like a lazy boy recliner, pretty downtrodden, 
and he suddenly began singing Chumbawamba, I get knocked down, but I get up again, uh, only to sort of shoot out of the chair and get himself real riled up about Moo Yu showdown with South Carolina. Uh, it was like watching a potato launcher oh my God. Get, out of, get out of that chair. It was pretty wild. And then he really topped it off uh, later in the week where he tweeted at some point last night, and I hope, I hope Stingray had been in the drink. I don't know if he uh, hits up some spritzers. You know or, he does. Or, yeah, definitely. Well, okay, let's take a look at that. What does Stingray drink? Gosh. Like right? a, I'm thinking like one of those Seagram's coolers that you see right? sort of in the cheap beer section. Uh-huh. I'm thinking when Stingray goes hard, he shoots Soko. Oh, yes. Exactly. Man, I bet that bro reeks of Soko. Exactly. You know Oof. Stingray goes hard on the Soko. Well, that is something I wish I hadn't thought about now, but here we are. <laughs> uh, he So he posted at some point last night uh, just a statement that he does a really good Cartman impression, and then he followed that tweet up with a 10-second, really close-up video of his face uh, and and his Cartman impression, which, to be totally fair to Stingray, which I don't normally do, uh, was pretty decent. Fair enough, fair enough. But I will say, uh, Sting and, and, and Stingray-related, Stingray-adjacent commentary, you've got to give a big shout-out to the South Alabama Jaguars and mm. Joey Jones for pulling out that win and start Vegas based solely on a field goal clank, which, you know, who are we to talk about that? But, my God, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was just the best. Uh, yep. Yeah, Alabama grad Joey Jones. Also, I don't know if you've seen hashtag The Leap. Have you followed that? I have not. Uh, at some point, a U.S. or a USA player just totally hurdled a yeah, movie I mean, I saw defender. The but is it a thing? Yeah, yeah. So, everywhere, I, all over my social media is hashtag The Leap. Oh, they make it a Daniel, what's his name, painting. Oh, oh absolutely. Daniel Moore? Fantastic. Daniel Moore. What if they got a USA Daniel Moore painting? Uh-huh. Okay, we're rambling. Let's go ahead and uh, focus for a second on the game at hand, uh, the Western Kentucky University Hilltoppers. Logistically, we're looking at a 230 kick at Bryant Denny Stadium, so bring your sunscreen because it'll be a hot one, kids, like seven inches from the midday sun. Ooh, Gregory, that was mm -hmm. smooth. It really was. Uh huh. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure I saw an article this week uh, that a new study has confirmed that a solid whiskey jacket actually prevents sunburn. Really? Yeah. So you can try that out too. I don't know. I I just saw it online. I'll be there. I'll, be, I'll give it a whirl. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, going up against the Western Kentucky University Hilltoppers, the <coughs> tide is two and zero all time. Uh, that includes wins in 2008 and most recently in 2012 when we shut them out and won 35 to nothing. So there's your hero's history. That was it. Okay. Well, big segment there. All <laughs> right. Uh, I can point out that I do, in fact, hate Western Kentucky. Most people don't, but I have reasons. I can't wait. And these are the reasons. All right. I've been in an actual screaming match with the Western Kentucky mascot. It's just this big blob of red, and here's the story. Uh, when I was, let's say, a junior in college at, in Tuscaloosa, I was dating a girl who went to South Alabama, and I was down in Mobile for the Sunbelt Basketball Tournament. 
and I had found I found myself overserved, and uh, I'd never seen the Western Kentucky mascot, and I wasn't quite sure what he was, but he was entirely too close for comfort. So we got into a match. I, I started screaming about him, like, "What are you? You're just a big red blob of goo!" Mm -hmm. And he kind of got aggressive. So I mean, I've got beef with Western Kentucky. I have wow. another, yeah, I know, right? I have another beef when I was in high school. All right, Western, a little background here. Western Kentucky is in Callaway County, Kentucky. They have apparently one of the best forensics teams in all of America. Now, huh. when it, where I went to school in Mobile, we fancied ourselves as one of the best forensics teams in Alabama and in all of the world. And I know that this is, this is geeking out on, like, stupid forensics stuff. But we went to this tournament. I can't remember where it was. And they beat us soundly, and we got real bitchy about it, and there were fist fights in the parking lot and all this stuff. No. So, yes, it was over a no. debate. So, there we are. Yeah, I know. I know it's sad. And I guess the final thing is Jeff Brom, who is their head coach right now. Uh, he was on the 1991 Louisville team. He did not start. That was one Browning Nagel who can go straight to hell. But nevertheless, he was on the 91 Louisville team that destroyed Alabama in the Fiesta Bowl in my senior year, and I am still bitter about it. Ugh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Did his son play quarterback? Do I remember that? Abram? I don't – the name sounded familiar. For Louisville, I think he may have. Uh, I, but no, Brom actually started in, let's say, 93 or so. Okay. Jeff, well, this, this particular Brom started in 93. Really solid hate there. Uh, yeah, I'm hating them. Yeah, impressive on a I personal level. I have ridiculous level. reasons, but I, but I don't think hate doesn't know any, any reason. I tried to look into some hate, and the only thing I found was that their two biggest rivals are one, Middle Tennessee State University, which is apparently called the 100 Miles of Hate game. Really? And Eastern Kentucky, which just makes me sad. So Okay, that's, yeah. that is sad. All right, let's uh, go ahead and take a look at the game itself. Uh, Mr. Max, what can we look for when Alabama has the ball? When Alabama has the ball, it's sort of hard to say what Western Kentucky will uh, have. They last week held the Rice Owls to 14 points, but again, we're talking about the Rice Owls. Uh, Rice's leading rusher did get 85 yards on the day. Uh, they held the team to 186 yards passing. So overall, a decent showing from the Hilltopper defense, the Topper D, if you will. Uh, I tend to believe that our running game may have a big day, but that's sort of a guess. We're going to have to work again on that. I just think our O-line will probably have their way with a much thinner and, and less talented frankly, defensive line. Uh, their coach is definitely an offensive guy, and in those cases, they basically just allow the other team to score points, and then they decide to get them back. So uh, that's a lot of it. I will say, in doing some hashtag research, because if we're about anything here at the Heroes, it's about hashtag research. Right, team uh, does it for us. Thank you. Uh, Western Kentucky's defensive coordinator is one Nick Holt, who I've had to do some stretching here, but I will think, I will say, I think this is an interesting tie. Uh, in August of 2012, that same Nick Holt was named the on-campus recruiting coordinator at Arkansas. Uh, that was under new head coach John L. Smith. Now, I don't know if that title alone rings any bells for listener Fred, 
Uh, oh. But that position on campus recruiting coordinator for Arkansas uh, was most previously held before Nick Holt by one Jessica Dorrell, the famous, infamous motorcycle passenger for fired head coach Bobby Petrino. Wait. Yes. So, wait. Their, their yes. coordinator was basically a glorified hostess at one point. He was a hostess, and in fact, his uh, Wikipedia page specifies, specifically points out, that he was making the exact same salary as Miss Dorrell. Well. Uh-huh. And so, four months, he served in that role at Arkansas uh, for four months, and Bobby Petrino came calling again and brought him to Western Kentucky. He's been there I'm ever feeling since. better now that, now that another defensive coordinator was once a hostess. How about that? Yeah. That's that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, while we're still on the subject of Alabama having the ball, let's go ahead and delve into the quarterback situation. Where yeah. We, uh, we saw some stuff on Saturday, huh? We did, right? We did. What do we think? After what was a basically nightmarish start, uh, true freshman Jalen Hurts came in. His final stats on the day are not as kind of impressive as it felt like in the time, maybe. He finished 6 for 11 threw for 118 yards and two touchdowns, but he did also run nine times for a total of 32 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had one ugly interception and one ugly fumble at the on his first snap of the day, which was just, ugh. Yeah, I mean, okay, I did not have as much trouble with Blake Barnett's start as everybody else did. Perhaps that is because I'm in love with Blake Barnett. No, I think but, that's a big part of it. Probably so. But, I, you know, I, I felt like it was a normal start. I mean, when you look at his stats, he was 5 or 6 on the day for 100 yards, a touchdown. Um, you know, so when you only have missed one pass, how bad of a day could you have started with? You know, all he did was hand the ball off. And, if you know, he's not he's not blocking. He's not, you know, he can't create yards for a running back. Um, so I didn't have a horrible problem with Blake Barnett's start. I gotta say, when he had that one uh, play, I think on a third down early on, where he just got creamed and he lost a shoe, I, I was I was just fully prepared for him to stand up and his entire backside of his white pants be brown. I okay. thought it was just. I, I be... agree, but I will also, you know, hey, everyone has their moments, and Hurt certainly dropped the ball literally, yes, no doubt. So I, 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 I get it. I think, I think. Just the eye test. It looks like Hertz had a better day. Yeah. Uh, but from you know that 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 pass to Dieter was, it was a uh, rocket. Was it was a rocket? It was a thing of beauty. Um, I don't know what we're gonna do to be honest with you because I think either one could start could start this could start this team and do well. Agreed. Um, and I I don't think the competition is over by any means. I don't either. And I think that. Um, you know, from 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 what I heard from practice this week, Hertz got the you know the majority was working with the first team mostly, so and then the writing is probably on the wall, and I hate to see that because I think Blake Barnett could actually lead us to some titles as well. But so again, it's just you know the, our 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 cupboard is too full. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, Barnett was just a different person once he was a little more settled. Yeah, uh, and so we'll see what Saturday brings. Exactly. Um, when Western Kentucky has the ball, let me tell you something. Um, Mike White is their quarterback, and that kid is a stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, he oddly is a stud. I don't know where it came from. He was—he's a South Florida transfer 
who really kind of sucked when he was there. Uh, but he does not suck anymore. At South Florida, he threw 11 touchdown passes and 16 interceptions. Uh, so he set out last year as a transfer, uh, took over for Brandon Doughty, who was threw for like 11,000 yards, and that's not an exaggeration. The kid literally threw for 11,000 yards. But he took over, and look, White tore it up on Thursday against Rice. Now, it is Rice, but after one game, he leads the nation in passing yards per game. At, five, at 517, his passer rating is 252.67, which is in is the second in the country. Now, the problem is they do not run the ball good at all. They had an entirety of 39 yards against Rice. But they can definitely throw the ball down the field. Uh, they, spread the, they spread it out. Five different receivers got at least four receptions. And most notably about all this is they aren't short out routes. Um... A guy by the name of Taewon Taylor. He had four grabs, but the thing about it is, he was averaging 33 yards per catch. Uh, Nick Norris, seven receptions, 21-yard average. So they fling the ball around, uh, which says a lot about what our defensive backs are going to have to do on Saturday. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Again, I suspect Averett will be picked on a little bit. And hopefully it'll be a really good chance for him to grow. Uh, but I think they will spread that around. I don't think he'll be uh, unique in having that. I'd say they'll put five wide and, and fling it. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. All right, let's uh, go ahead and get to our favorite segment of the game, of, of the podcast, uh, the weekend in hand, addressing uh, some wagering, should you wish to do that, and throw your money away as we do. But before we do that. For entertainment week, purposes only. Exactly. Um, Before we do that, last week we gave you uh, guidance on how to survive a marathon drinking session. Let's go ahead and and assess our level of success, shall we? We might as well. Uh, (laughs) I realized like sort of early on Saturday that there was one key component that I left out uh, that is is really my best friend in a long Saturday uh, that was, and that's caffeine. Uh, it's, you've got to have that. I neglected, I stuck to the advice I gave because it was a, a scientific study and we're all about our hashtag research. Right. And uh, so, needless to say, probably, I took a little nap, maybe. Oh, uh, did you know? like two or three. Mm. You know. Well, but, like- uh, overall, I thought it was pretty successful. Again, I mentioned it earlier, the Bloody Mary with a dash of the Wild Bill's wing sauce was unbeatable. It's like the perfect sort of kick that, that every Bloody Mary needs. All right. I, I'm i going to count it as a win myself. Ooh. Right? I mean, okay, I, for some reason, I, I just decided to just give it up. And I was not going to have anything at all to drink until about five. And this proved to be a solid move on my part. Um, because I, I, if I know if I start with a Bloody Mary... I know where that's going to head. I'm nothing. I, I know me. Uh, so I waited till five, laid off the shots as one does until the game kicked at seven. And I was good through, through the third quarter. I'm not going to promise you any knowledge of the fourth quarter, but I was pretty good through the third. And that's really, you know, I'm counting that as a win, to be honest. I, I'm proud of you, I got to say. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and without the benefit of a nap, by the way. <laughs> Exactly. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a look at the games that we have 
we're going to hate on some teams, including our hate of the week. Of the week. Of the week. The week. Which, by the way, our hates of the week suck. <laughs> the weakest of the, the week. Right? Exactly. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, because, you know, we were going to leave some games out. Because you know how last week was a great weekend of college football? Well, this is sort of the opposite of that. But we're going to start with the barn. The barn is hosting Arkansas State. And the barn is a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you hate here, Mets? I don't have a ton of thoughts here other than what I did see of the Barn game last week is they have three quarterbacks, uh, i.e. they have no quarterback, and I suspect Gus will probably continue to play what's more or less Russian roulette uh, with his quarterback position. Uh, this game, hopefully, well, not hopefully, but I think he's hoping to see someone take the team. Don't really suspect he will, but for that reason... I uh, think that, well, not for that reason so much. Anyway, despite that reason, I think Auburn manages to score some points. Their defense did look somewhat formidable against Clemson, so I don't think Archie State hangs hating the Wolfpack. I think they're the Wolfpack. No, the Red Wolves. Red Wolves, Red Wolves. thank you. Yeah, How about you? Red Wolves. I am going to lean with you on that. I found myself watching the Arkansas State Toledo game last week. Don't ask me why. But um, Toledo absolutely destroyed Arkansas State at home. Uh, if Toledo can do it, you've got to think Auburn can do it. So I'm going to hate on the Red Wolves as well. All right, I'll take that. Uh, moving on. Yeah. I think in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm not sure. We have, I thought it was in Starkville, but I could be wrong. I did too, but then I got, yeah. I think it's in Starkville. Uh, hashtag research. As a matter of fact, it is in Starkville, home of one Stephen yep, Stingray. we got to fire somebody. They give us Gosh, these guys. Uh, Moo Yu is six and a half point favorites against Coach Boom, Will Muschamp's vaunted Gamecocks. Who you hate? I am hating on the Cox, man. I, I I don't know that they're going to they – Mississippi State's defense is not spectacular, but South Carolina can't score any points. If you can barely beat Vanderbilt, and, and look, that they had no business beating Vanderbilt, but they did, um, they're not they're not going to be able to plug in Mississippi State. So I see this being at least a 10-point game, uh, especially at home, going in Moose's favor. What about yourself? I'm going to hesitatingly agree with you and hate the Cox. Uh, I, I think surely to goodness Klingo will come out with something to prove or for the five people they think are watching nationally, uh, something to prove. And yeah, I agree. South Carolina is not a good team. Barely beat Vandy, who I think would be handled easily by Joey Jones's Jags. Uh, so Hayton Cox two times. Here you go. Uh, Florida. Is a 17-point favorite at home against the Kentucky Wildcats. Who you hate, bro? I actually hate the Cats here. I think Florida – I'm on the McIlwain train. Is that a thing, the McIlwain train? Uh, yeah. It could, might as well be. I, I just think he's got them heading in a good direction. I think, you know, they're not a good team yet, but I think this is uh, pointing them in the right direction. 
I'm going to disagree with you here. I I have not seen any, any evidence that Florida can score 17 points. So, you know, that's, until they score 17, I'm not going to wager them to cover 17. Uh, I don't – Luke Del Rio, look, man, he was at Alabama. He left. He went to Oregon State where he was told you're never going to see the field. You can stay if you want to, but you're never going to play. So he left. So this is his third school. And if if Oregon State tells you you're not any good, you're probably not any good. So I'm gonna lean against the Gators, and I'm gonna take the I think the Gators win, but I'm gonna take the Cats to cover that 17. Okay, don't hate it. Uh, coming up, one that has been circled on calendars across Tennessee for at least 18 months, I'll say. Uh, the battle at Bristol. You got to say it like that. Battle uh-huh. at Bristol. Uh, yeah, we should have had, had Rubble on to say that. I can't understand you real well. But the Vols are taking on uh, the Virginia Tech Hokies in the middle of a racetrack. And the spread is Vols by 11.5. Who you hate? I'm hating on. I hate doing this, but I'm hating on Vitek. I think the balls bounce back. They're not as bad of a team as they looked uh, last week. They can't be. I think the quarterback has some issues with overthrowing the ball, but they what's the running back's name? They've got Kamara and Hurd. Not, not, yeah, Hurd. I think Hurd, I think they're going to make some plays in the ring. Uh, so I am going to hate on Virginia Tech as much as I hate doing it. I think Vols cover it. Probably win by 14. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think the Vols are probably a different team than what we saw against App State. Again, they've been literally looking forward to this game for over 18 months. Uh, And I think they win. I'm going to give it even by 20. I'm hating the hoax. And you know that kills me. All right, fair enough. I know, it kills me too, man. All right, final game. It's our game. It's Bama. And we are favored by 28.5 points against Western Kentucky. Um, interesting line. I kind of thought this was going to be bigger than that based on last week's results, um, I thought, which I thought was going to be an over which sort of changes my view on the game. Uh, tell me what you think there, Matt. I, I agree with you completely. Um, as we've talked about, I think this will be a huge test for our defensive backs. Uh, more kind of schematically than athletically. Again, we should have better athletes at every position on the field, including, but not limited to, J.K. Scott, who we haven't talked about, but had just a whale of a game. He did. Love that kid. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't see the field a lot. I think we try to run the ball as much as we humanly can, which I think will go a long way in helping us Uh, sort of develop that rhythm that we need on offense. I think it's, again, probably all three quarterbacks, uh, with Hertz getting the start and Barnett getting a significant amount of time as well. All that to say, while the tide rolls, I'm not sure the tide covers. I like Alabama 35-20. All right, fair enough. Um, I'm, I'm laying the points, too. Uh, I, I, I don't think we get 28-and-a-half over Western Kentucky. Uh, but in my, for my opinion, the real play here is the over. The number is 58-and-a-half. 
Um, so I, I think Western Kentucky is going to score some points. I don't think we can stop them from scoring that many, scoring some points. Uh, I think, you know, Alabama wins the game handily, but I think it's more in the lines of 48-24, which, you know, is way over the 58. So I, I, I would take the toppers if I'm betting the teams, but I'm not, I'm not betting the teams this week. I'm taking the over. Uh, I think that's the best play of the week. Is that a hate of the week? Kinda. I really sort of hate. I don't think I'm you hating. gave one. It, yeah. Well, my hate of the week was Arkansas State, but okay. this this is uh, I don't, hardly don't do an over under as a hate of the week, but I'm really hating the under in this particular game. Okay. So, so, so two two hates of the week and a kinda. Exactly. All right. Well, that'll do it. For another edition of Houndstooth Heroes, remember, you can check the website at houndstoothheroes.com. Find us on Facebook or on Twitter at htoothheroes. Take us home, my brother. All right. We'll try to do better next time. Y'all be good. Roll Tud.